So Dan, you ready to start tonight's episode? You got you got a I nice sure uh, you got a nice bourbon or a nice whiskey over there. It's a rye. You would know that you poured it. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is a sipping song. You gotta have something nice to sip on, nice whiskey to sip on is while you some, listen to it. Something you gotta take take slowly. You gotta enjoy it like we've enjoyed our time with Collapsible Lung. That's right, because this is our here. final song on we're here uh, at Collapsible the end Lung. Of Collapsible Lung, and we're just. Taking it easy, savoring, savoring the last <laughs> moments of our discussion of Reliant K's greatest album. Oof. <sighs> She's sweeter than sugar till the sun goes down. Don't allow her to sour, just spit her out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. How's it going? It's true. This is our somewhat last collapsible lung episode. I mean, it's not going to be our last collapsible lung episode, but this is it. We've covered, we'll, with this, we'll have covered every song on collapsible lung. It's the first album that we finished. Yeah. In the history, yeah. in a hundred, almost a hundred and... 207 <laughs> never have the number I never right? do and I'm the one who numbers them <laughs> in all these episodes it's the first one where the album is finished let's look 142 this is episode 142 nice 142 episodes it took us and we just we made our way we were just excited we're like those the first album we're gonna finish well obviously it's collapsible lung and we're taking you with us oh wait that was last week <laughs> and yes it was so here it is what do you think jess what do you think of this momentous moment in the history of our podcast not only we're finishing an album i'm just so glad we never have to talk about collapsible lung again <laughs> well don't get too excited because i don't think we're i don't think we're necessarily gonna i don't feel the call to revisit do any of these episodes again uh-huh. like we've done <laughs> for said, i don't feel the call like as though you're being called to missionary work <laughs> or to be a teacher or something well we haven't you know <laughs> the episodes that we've done the songs that we've done two episodes about they are, it's just when they made sense to us. Whether it made sense to do them in two parts, like BMI Escape and Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, or when we revisited a song years later, like Hello McFly, or uh, what else did we redo? We did uh, <laughs> Chapstick, Chapstick, and yeah. things like Chemistry. Yeah. And there's something else that we redid, and I can't remember what it is right now. But I don't feel, you know, when we've redone songs a second time or had a part two episode, it's just when it felt right. There's no, we're not going to do a part two or a redo of every song. Right. And there's nothing uncollapsible on that really calls me, you know, honestly, to need to do a second episode. I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to redo every episode from our batch of first tracks. So I don't think we're going to redo Don't Blink. We are going to redo... Uh, the Forget and Not Slide Down title track at some point. Yep. I don't think we need to redo Pressing On, right? Yeah. I don't think we necessarily need to redo uh, the first track from Bird and the B-Sides, <laughs> which I can't remember the title <laughs> of right now. And I don't think we need to redo Bummin'. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll redo. But so I don't think it's I was going to say, where do I go from here? But I'm not 100% certain that that's it. Is that it? Okay. That's it. So this is it. But... 
what we will do down the line at some point, we will do a collapsible lung overview episode. I'm just getting sure. ahead. I'm getting way ahead, but I'm right. just saying like, this is it. This is the last song that we have to talk about specifically. But, you know, once we've let it sit, we'll do a revisit of the entire album. And not as a Patreon episode, but as a regular free episode. Yeah, we'll let it sit. We'll we'll get away from it for a little while. And then, then we'll come back to it. Yep, you're sipping. You're That's ready me. for this song. That's me getting used to collapsible lung. So why don't we go ahead and go for some top of the show business. Top of the show business. So I don't know. What did we have? Oh my gosh. No, I'm saying, what do you have? Well, I don't know. Do you not have voicemails? Oh, that's right. We do voicemails at top of the show business, right? Y- yes. Well, um, we went to see Alice Cooper this week. We did. That was awesome. Yep. We went to the Greek theater to see Alice Cooper with Ace Freely. So good. I gotta yeah. say, man. Okay. I got a lot of things to say about <laughs> Ace Freely, but <laughs> Alice Cooper. Wow. Like, hands down, best concert I've ever been to. Ever. I don't think anything's Ooh, ever going to top that. No, nothing's ever going to top Alice Cooper. Until Reliant K comes out and has, like, all of their members doing solos. They have a badass, like, female guitarist do a three-minute fucking guitar solo, you know, <laughs> and they chop off Matt Thiessen's head in a guillotine. <laughs> then we can talk about who has the better stage show. <laughs> I was watching when they put him in the guillotine. I was like, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see where they swap him out. And I missed it. I don't know. I, I think that those magic. We were sitting uh, right center. So it was nice. We got all the all the magic of uh, of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ace Freely was amazing. One of the members of Kiss. <laughs> he when he comes out, he's like <laughs> acting so drunk. Yeah. And I'm like, good for him because he might be drunk. But hey, he's like putting on a real show. He's he's, you know, doing great on the guitar and everything. Although Jessica had her doubts if he was, but there were three guitarists on stage. Oh, you know, smoke came out of his guitar. Like yeah, there was like smoke bombs in his guitar. He had like a LED light guitar. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Yeah, I there were certain times where I was not one hundred percent certain that he that he was playing because he'd go off and do like a solo or whatever. I'd be like, I swear, none of his hands are touching anything right now. Not the frets. Not a whammy bar, not anything, and there's still there's new notes being hit. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. But he He's reacted just that so talented. drunk. He was yeah. like Everybody's having. Hope y'all having a great time, and I'm like, I'm like, good like, for him. He's we went he's to enjoying Reno. himself. No, Reno sucks. <laughs> and then he was like, You're like hey. you are like 80 years old, sir. What are you doing? And then he was like, I've been sober for 16 years, and we're like, what? <laughs> Well, you well, until today, because he was seemed know. so drunk. But maybe it's just the years of he is my being favorite. He's my favorite drunk New York grandma. He was so that was his pissed presence. Off. And it he's was like, amazing. maybe if somebody turns on my fucking amp, I can play this song. <laughs> I was like, did they did they CC from poison him? Like they just unplugged him at some point, and they're like, all right, Ace, you're done for the night. Oh, and the lead singer Motley Crue was just in the audience. Yeah, Vince Neil, that was pretty sick. Yeah, he was just hanging out, just sitting just around. There. Yep. Just there for a show. Uh, so there's that, and uh, yeah, uh, what else? Oh, we, you know, uh, <laughs> nice that it was outside because <laughs> mm-hmm. COVID. 
and stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like nobody was wearing their masks. I wore my mask. Danny didn't wear his. I'm like nobody I wore it was sometimes. wearing a mask. I wore it when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> the guy behind me was also wearing a mask. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Christian ties in Christian rock. That's right. Alice Cooper is a born is is a Christian. Notable, notable Christian. Notable Alice Christian. Cooper. He act. He really is. Um, uh, notable Arizona Coyotes fan, Alice Cooper, from the hockey side of things. Sure, if you say so. So voicemails, what else do we have, Dan? <laughs> Let's see what we have for voicemails. So here is a voicemail from Daniel, and this voicemail actually, I'll admit it, was part of the reason why we picked this song this week, and I'll you'll, you'll hear why. Oh, okay. I mean, I picked the song this week. Right. And I heard this voicemail ahead right. of time. And you'll hear why I thought of okay. doing this song this week. What's up, guys? It's Daniel. Uh, just finished listening to the I'm Thinking You With Me episode. My first thought is that, I don't know, I'm kind of surprised that the chorus is the part of the song that you guys find to be, like, out of place. Um, personally, I feel like it suffers a little bit from the same thing that Do My Escape does, which is, that, like, the intro is, like, this kind of cool minor key thing. And then it immediately, when it gets to the verse, switches to, like, major happy mode. Um, just a, I don't think it's quite as striking in this song, probably because, like, the guitar is basically the same, and, like, it doesn't switch from, like, guitar to piano. But, um, I don't know, that's my thought. I, I feel like the chorus in the song is pretty much in line with the verses, I guess. But uh, you also got me thinking about, like, what the most, like, deepest cut or, like, most obscure song from, like, each Blank album would be. Um, so I think for the self-titled, probably got to be Anchorage, right? Like, zero chance they've ever played that live. It's not even got any words. I don't know. It's a weird one. For Anatomy, I'd probably either say My Way or the Highway, or maybe The Rest is Up to You. Um, I think you're right on Two Left that um, uh, From End to End is the most obscure deep cut song from that. I think that one's pretty obvious. On mm-hmm, I think it's probably My Girl's Ex-Boyfriend. That one just doesn't seem like one that they would, I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe Maintain Consciousness, one of those two probably. For Five Score, yeah, maybe this one, or I know they've played it a lot, but Bite my tongue, I sometimes forget about. Yeah, but I guess if they played it live, it probably just qualifies it. Um, forgetting not slow down probably have to be If You Believe Me, because I think that's the only one they've never played live in any capacity, at least of the real track. Um, maybe, yeah, no, it's definitely that one. Classical Lungs, I don't know. There's probably a lot of them that would be... Uh, deep cuts on this one probably probably sweeter or when you and then he got cut off there because the voicemail got filled up and he calls back in a second but yeah he said sweeter Mm. and for me i totally agree so yeah last week we were talking about like what's the deepest cut on an album and i was also talking about how like you know there are certain songs that only exist like a band seems to different bands will create a song just to be on that album like they need 10 songs or more right. and they have to write a couple of songs that they might not ever intend to ever play live 
And since I was into music from an early-ish age, or at least an early-ish time, like the like 94, 95 is when I first started listening to like rock and alternative and grunge and punk punk music. I was used to this idea of, and then I would pay attention to bootlegs like Green Day and Nirvana bootlegs, and I know I knew what songs Nirvana never played live, and I knew what songs Green Day had never played live. So I learned the lesson from early that there are album tracks, tracks that only exist that the band seems to have only written them so they'll be on the album. And then I figured that out later again with lots of other bands, but I thought of this story, Five Iron Frenzy, they have a lot of album cuts. Five Iron Frenzy, you know, relatively obscure-ish band in the wider scheme of things, right? But they have a lot of album cuts. They have a lot of songs that were never played live ever. And I figured this out from an early time because I would go on, it probably wasn't Setlist FM, but I would follow like online and see set lists from album from concert reviews and I would go to see Fiverr and Frenzy multiple times and I'd be like oh there are songs that they have never played live and I knew one of them was oh and so at their last concert their original last concert in 2003 I was standing outside in line with someone that I vaguely knew and he's like do you think they'll play second season tonight and I knew that they literally never played second season ever and there's no way they're going to play it on their last tour. And I'm like, oh, but I didn't want to be like, no way, no way, your dream is dead. I was like, oh, I don't know. Because Fiverr and Frenzy has tons of album cuts. So anyway, my point is, we were talking about that last week. What's the deepest song on an, al- on an album? And it's so funny because I heard this voicemail from Daniel and I was been listening ever since we had Ethan on I've been listening to more of his podcast uh, metal up your podcast and there was an episode where he was on tour so he wasn't there it was just Clint and a guest host and then they talked about this with Metallica they talked about what's like the deepest cut on a Metallica different Metallica CDs and Clint said how there are album cuts like there's Mm -hmm. and he said the exact same thing we've been talking about so that's it was I found that funny and then it helped me solidify this idea. For something to be a deep cut, there's no set rules. I don't think for something to be a deep cut, I don't think there are set rules, but there are like parameters. It's like a tr- one of those triangles. It's like there are certain attributes that if it has these attributes, it's a deep cut. And one is like they've never played so they your artist has never played it live or hardly ever. And to me personally from doing this podcast like it's barely had fan derivative works that makes it a deep cut and then it's a song that you that in general most people forget it exists i think you don't have to have all of those things but it's it's definitely like a a know it when you see it thing for deep cuts so right. here daniel is trying to point out what he thinks the deepest cut off each album is and he picked sweeter and i was like i know we got to do sweeter we got to finish collapsible long let's do it so thank you, Daniel, for the suggestion. Yeah. There's another minute, though, when he calls back to give us the deepest cut off of Air for Free. Um, for Collapsible Lung, I would probably say probably say Sweeter or When You Were My Baby. I mean, Sweeter I really like, but it does feel kind of like out of place almost. I mean, I think it works on the album, but like it's definitely no one's favorite Reliant K song. And... Uh, I don't know. When you were by baby, though, probably the most kind of meh song to me. Um, and then on air for free, I would probably say, oh, that's a tough one. Um, 
I mean, I definitely would have said Prodigal before the Um Yeah Tour, but they've played it almost every night, so I feel like I can't really say that one now. Right? Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I was really shocked because I had not looked at the playlist ahead of time, so I was kind of shocked when they pulled out Prodigal. I was like, oh, wow, I did not expect this. I love this song, and I just didn't expect it. Right. And I think when you talk about what's the deepest cut off of what are a band's deep cuts, when you talk about a band at different when you talk about bands and artists at different levels there's definitely other considerations you have to make for what's a deep cut because mm-hmm. to a lot of people all relying k music is a right. deep cut like be my escape is a deep cut to popular music as a whole right unfortunately you know i i say this not to insult a band that we love but it's just true so man, Alice Cooper didn't play any deep cuts. He oh was yeah, hits, it was which just was hits. Great, but it, it was, was just all hits. hits. <laughs> he even played "Man Behind the Mask" from uh, from, from Jason Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good. I and, love and, it. And, a, and a, a Jason Voorhees type comes out on stage and like kills some teens on stage. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny the difference between like. You know, those, like, super mega, like, classic sort of bands and what their, like, considered deep cuts are. And then you you look at Reliant K where, yeah, you're right. You could consider them all deep cuts. I, it reminded me of when we went to see uh, Def Leppard. Uh-huh. And that's, like, a band where it's, like, they've got, just got so many hits and everything. And I can't remember. I feel like they did pull out, like, one or two deeper cuts. But I was, like, man, I wish they'd play Love and Affection, which is the last song off of Hysteria which is my favorite album. And it's a lot of people's favorite album. It's like a huge album, right? And so you're thinking, is any song off of that album really a deep cut? Because it has so many huge songs, so many huge hits that came off of it. But Love and Affection is sort of like, it's the last, literally the last song on the album and kind of, I think kind of gets a little forgotten in there. And that's why it's hard to imagine there being deep, for me, it's hard to imagine there being any deep cuts on Mm Mm-hmm or Forget and Not Slow Down. Because in a lot of ways, those albums are kind of like, the least there's the least fat on those albums yeah there's a little bit more marbling a little bit more fat on mm-hmm than forget not slow down but forget not slow down such a tight album yeah that i don't really think of any like you can't remove any song from you that know album. i would g- <laughs> unpopular opinion i would go sahara <laughs> Right. Super unpopular opinion. Everybody loves that song, but it's the one where I'm like, oh, we don't, we don't really need this to be honest. It is so different from the rest of it the album. It, yeah, it but kind th- of that's, doesn't follow that's also, the exact theme, and yeah. But no, it follows the theme. We talked about it. It's more well, of that like, you lost your kingdom. You, the it's a bad friend Tyson song wrapped in a giant, thick metaphor of a lion losing right. his kingdom. But whatever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so with an album like Air for Free, it's like, well, what's the deepest cut on an album that's, like, hardly known to the world at large, you know what I mean? And I would also say, like, to say that Sweeter is the deepest cut from Collapsible Lung, this is, I mean, spoiler warning, this is a song that got played quite a bit in the year or two following Collapsible Lung in the sort of tour, pretty much from the release of the album up to Mm Mm-hmm 10, this this song got played that whole tour. That whole tour or two from like late 2012 through 2013 up until the mm-hmm 10 tour. But then a song like Gloria <laughs> never was never played live is probably one of the most detested songs overall for Reliant K fandom at a, at a whole, even though I like that song. But I don't know if that's a deep cut because sometimes like a song is might be so 
I feel like Gloria has a lot of attention for being such a hated song. Right. So it's very interesting to try to put these things together for a band like Reliant K. There's a little bit more of Daniel's voicemail, so let's just finish that off. I would say the title track, but it's the title track, and they played that on the Looking for America tour. I mean, maybe Elephant Parade, just because it's really out of left field. It almost doesn't sound like a Reliant K song, but they've also played that one live. Ah, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a really well-balanced album. I'll, I'll give it that. So, I don't know. You guys can decide on that one, what you think. Um, all right, see you later. Yeah, so that one that one definitely is. I Maybe Air for Free is the hardest. And then for an yeah. album like Bird and the Beast Size National I... Tennis, I don't think you can necessarily right. count that because it is supposed to be deep cuts. Yeah, Elephant Parade and Empty House, just because that auto-tune. Like, when you see Empty House live, it's great. You're like, oh, okay, this is, this is wonderful. This makes perfect sense. But on the album, I just can't with that auto-tune. I had to listen to Flower for a second because I'm like, I don't really know Flower. So for me personally, I think it's Flower. Like, I look at every one of these tracks and I'm like, I can... it fits in perfectly. It, like, completely makes sense We haven't done it yet. So, you know, every time we do a song, the song gets more in my head, especially songs I don't know very well. Of which, honestly, as we've gone through, like, it's one out of 10 or 15 Merlion K songs that I don't actually feel like I know very well. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying that's the case. But first of all, I'm looking, I'm just looking at the track list and I'm like, I know I can hum all of these songs except Flower. So to me personally, it's Flower. Well, I like that Daniel enjoyed this conversation, this topic, but he does not like the, the, the I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, but he did not like the idea of talking about canonical albums. What's the canonical album? <laughs> Which that we had that discussion yeah. a year or two ago. And, you know, I stand by the fact that that is a conversation I've seen happen in a lot of other music fandoms I follow, like They Might Be Giants and Blink-182, people talking, people, for some reason, want to talk about album canicity, canonicity, whatever the word, the the canonic value of albums people love to talk about that in music fandoms so i mean when you have a a certain sort of i don't want to say style because that feels like you're put into such a a box when when reliant k definitely definitely transcends style but when you kind of have a certain vibe let's say and you kind of get away from you have one album that gets completely away from any vibe that you've sort of harnessed right and one would expect you to to come at them with right in like and i mean like in every sense of the word vibe you yeah. kind of get away from that well then i don't you know go, if anyone is this canon but and I, <laughs> I don't think anyone quite i don't think you can really question the the canon of the canon value of collapsible long because it is their album whether or not you think it fits well in the canon that's another discussion but when we talk about the canon value of albums i'm talking like does uh five iron frenzies quantity is job number one is that a canon album to me it is to me that is the album in between newest album ever and uh all the hype the money can buy that's the album in between i don't consider all the hype album number four or album number three or whatever uh but i know a lot of people are like well that's an ep and um, to me i'm like well it's over 30 minutes 
and it's got like 15 songs so it's an album it, they called it an ep for whatever reason and the same thing with nashville tennis to me that's a canon album i will concede that it is album uh forgive me now seven five scores album five so six seven point <laughs> seven five point five whatever it's the half album between five score and forget not slow down i think that another way of looking at like the quote-unquote canonization of an album is also just like while looking at collapsible and you're like this this album was written completely differently than any album before it or after it this album was recorded completely differently than any album before or after it and so i'm like i you know that's where i would look at from a canon sort of point of view is it doesn't have the same vibes and it wasn't even recorded in the same kind of way (laughs) that's a different conversation that's really like you're digging in and like trying to cut chaff like you're really really because when you talk when i see fandom discussions about the canon value of albums like but they might be giants okay they have a couple of b-side collections which uh like they got lost and album raises new and troubling questions that are technically b-side collections but they don't call oh and and um a long tall weekend so those three albums they got lost long tall weekend album raises new and troubling questions they consider those albums like when they put their discographies together officially they put those in there but everyone else is you know a lot of other fans are like well wait this is a bunch of songs from sessions in between other album recordings so isn't this kind of a b-side collection and some of those albums even have literal b-sides even though most of the songs on there aren't b-sides they are just like odds and ends from in between album recordings so people are like what's the canon value of those albums they're really talking about that with Reliant K, really all we talk about for this would be like the live album and Burden the B-Side slash Nashville Tennis. But then you want to get into a real thing of be like, okay, no, let's really look at the canon value that's, of Collapsible Lock. That's how I, that's how I like <laughs> measure my head canon is that I like look at it. And uh, this was actually going to come up a little bit later okay. uh, on this song because one of the ways that I've sort of been able to validate this as like sort of writing this album off in my mind mm-hmm. and not revisiting it and not really thinking of it much as a Reliant K album because, you know, you look at the personnel and that sort of thing and where it's like you have entire songs that were re-recorded without band members. And so you come at it from a completely well, different, well, <laughs> still, that we know of. Yeah. So you're coming at it from a different way. It was written completely differently. You have, like, co-writers on almost every song. Right. And so I've always sort of been able to push that push this album aside in my brain uh, when I think about Reliant K and their entire discography. And I was recently presented uh, with a theory linking sort of the, for lack of a better word, canonization of Collapsible Lung in, like, what? Tyson and his songwriting brings to every other album and it's painful and likely accurate uh, this song like the other relationshipy songs on this album uh does lend to that you know mm-hmm. Tyson is very inspired by the women in his life and this is clearly about a time when he was with someone or someones who he had a, like a tenuous relationship with 
and it was very clearly passionate and had high highs and low lows <laughs> and every song you know that is relationshipy on this album does follow that same suit so it's funny maybe some of these were really happening maybe there really was banging after church with the kid in the other room i'm just saying it's so funny we spent two years ragging on the idea that this is not a story album but john schneck did say this is not a story album he we had him on the podcast that is canon to this podcast (laughs) where he said collapsible lung is not a story from beginning to end like forget not slow down is no but based off of that i spent the last two years saying like we don't know what in here is actually tyson's experiences we don't know what is possibly fiction or experiences of the co-writers but now at the end of it (laughs) i do see with this (laughs) song how there is a connection here to ptl and boomerang Right. Yeah. I, I guess the number one thing that we talk about with like the Lungy theory of this being a story album. It's not. It's not a story album, but it's likely that, you know, yeah. like a lot of the other albums, there was a very specific individual in the songwriter's life that inspired a lot of art and maybe you know their full story did not come out in it but just whatever was being going on at the time as well as other influence from other songwriters right i guess relying k fans at the time from 2009 to 2000 let's call it 14 for the year after this out al- up to the year after this album might have been spoiled by forget not slow down where we knew very specifically oh 100 what it was And I guess people were expecting that to be the status quo for Reliant K. But to Reliant Reliant K's credit, they have never kept an overall status quo from album to album. Like every album, the tone has changed. Some of the style and maybe not the genre overall, but some of like the sub-sub-genre has changed album to album. And we see that consistently with album reviews and definitely the way that I have, you know, retrospect, not retrospective, but from the time, contemporaneous at the time album reviews, we see like people saying like, man, Reliant K has really shifted their sound here. They're really totally different. And then when you take the whole oeuvre together, you're like, well, it doesn't change that much overall. But yeah, for me, five, going back, five score was a major change from guitar tone and style to me when I first heard it. And I'm like, whoa, this is really different. And I wasn't like against it, but something in my brain did fight that. And, you know, then Collapsible Lung is like the biggest shift. So I feel like, you know, when fans were spoiled so with, spoiled with Forget Not Slow it's Down. It's an artistic achievement. Being such an artistic achievement. It's, it's just, you know, uh, everyone's like, great. We, we think that, you know, the Relang K has now again. reached this level <laughs> and they're going to keep, keep doing on this. the same trajectory of that artistic style. And it was like, okay, no, you know, right. we're, we're moving well, on to something else as they do. To bring it to, to a big influence of Relang K, like Pet Sounds was a major achievement, right? Yeah. Super achievement. Yeah, it probably not. It's not not with the not on the same level of forget not slow down with the lyrical content being so concise and telling such a like right. concise story. But <laughs> Pet Sounds is a masterwork from beginning to end. Like everything flows into everything. 
But then the follow-up to that is Smiley Smile, and that's very, like, debatable on just how much of a follow-up that is, right? And anything, is that, that's the one with Good Vibrations on it, right? Like good Vibrations is just kind of like a catchy single tacked on to that album. Like, I'm not a Beach Boys aficionado, but forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. But that's how it always seemed to me. So it feels like, you know, and maybe this is a slightly different thing, because at the time, Pet Sounds was not the, the success it should have been at the time, right? Right. So Forget Not Slow Down is critically the success it should have been, seemingly. Seemingly, everyone understood what an achievement Forget Not Slow Down was. So they were expecting... So Reliant K makes their pet sounds and everyone's like, oh, make pet sounds too. We're expecting pet sounds too. And that's not what we get. We get vegetables. So, we got that's vegetables. We get. we get vegetables. We get <laughs> chewing and talking about how good vegetables are. So yeah, like, but so because I was so, for the last two years, I was so against this idea of the, the Lungy theory and how there is that article that was kind of popular in the fandom at the time of the guy who listened to it in his church gym and the parents at the gym were very upset about the line sexy you're looking so sexy and he was embarrassed and then this was a fan article we found in some previous episode right and how he was like wait i just realized it this is a sinful person that reliant k is singing about and they come back to the lord in the end it's not That's i never not believed what it that is. Yeah. but i find it funny that, There's no beginning, middle, and end. Right. But I, what I find funny now is now that I'm seeing that, like, this probably is... Sorry, I closed my phone there. <laughs> April's story. April's done. It's like I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> what I find funny is I was so pushing against... I was going to the extreme of pushing against the idea that this was a story. That I might not have seen the forest for the cemetery. <laughs> And I might not have accepted... I believe you mean the cemetery. <laughs> right. I might not have accepted that there is some cohesive uh, themes in this album. That the idea of the relationships he's singing about could be actual relationships of Matt Thiessen's. Like, because they do seem to reflect across multiple songs with multiple writers, and the only one-thread writer that's in every song is Matt Thiessen. So between songs like PTL, Sweeter, and uh, Boomerang, mm. you know, Matt Thiessen is the consistent songwriter on all of those. So there, pro- this probably is maybe about a relationship or relationships he had after the breakup of his engagement. But I pushed so far against the whole album being one theme that I wouldn't even allow myself to see a couple of the songs probably share a same, theme. And now same, I'm seeing yeah. that. Because I also never paid attention to the lyrics of Sweeter until this week. Literally never once did I ever <laughs> right. pay attention to the lyrics of Sweeter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is about the same person from Boomerang. And if it's someone in Tyson's life who he dated after his engagement, then that makes total sense. So it's funny to me of that, you know, that patient zero Lungy article where the person said, "Oh, this is a story album about a sinful person who comes back to disaster, God in the end." I believe and disaster is, also, is the other sorry, one. Uh, disaster and is it and uh, maybe Lost Boy? I can't remember which one's the one where she's like in the airport singing for change or whatever. Disaster. And, okay. It's just so I gotta get this out. I got. I'm almost there. <laughs> I've, I've restated this three times, but I'm almost there. 
for that original article that we found that kind of seeded that idea of collapsible lung being a story overall of a sinful person in vapid relationships that comes back to the Lord in the end. I'm like, well, wait, I don't believe that. But now I'm seeing that these like four or five songs out of the album are probably about Tyson's actual relationships at the time. You're saying Tyson is the sinful person. <laughs> so it's funny where like some and hard line. Okay. I, that is okay. That is 100% okay. But it's just funny where some hard line, very pious Christians didn't want to accept the themes of this album. So they create this headcanon where it is a sinful person who has lost their way. I'm doing air quotes here. Sinful person who has lost their way and comes back to the Lord and the title track of Collapse of a Lung. And now I'm seeing like, no, wait, like literally this is just possibly the singer and the main songwriter of the album singing about some relationships he's had and not sweating you guys like really pious christians who are going to judge him because it's beyond he feels beyond being judged now because he's at a point in his life where he's an adult and he's had these relationships and he's trying to grow and he talked about on the um, yeah tour trying to get past his um codependency issues and stuff like that and then for people who are you know off the back of that iTunes review we had, I'm sorry when I try to remove God from the interpretations of these songs, but honestly, it's like when people who are like so isolated Christian can't even accept that people have lives, like they don't openly feel like everything they do is a sin anymore, like you might feel anymore. And Tyson is now maybe getting past thinking everything he does is a sin and realizing that God will always love him and he doesn't have to beat the out of himself every time he feels like he sinned but other christians are like in this isolated echo chamber where like everything is a sin and it's a sin and you did wrong and you got to come back to the lord in the end and climb the ladder like in a like with a missing rung and all that stuff it's like no tyson might have just written some songs about where he was in his life at this point and put them together into this album and josh from reliable j has said like this is in his way this is their most christian album and I agree when like you are willing to just sing about humans, humanity, the way it is and not say this is necessarily fallen in and of itself. This is just how we are. And let's work to get past this and not flagellate ourselves. That is actually like mature Christian way of thinking about yourself, like trying to be a better person every time. Yeah, I, a little. I, I got a little off kilter there, but right. I think you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but but sort of uh, talking about that, we try to bring a more complete, like hopefully complete, like uh, you know, full perspective view to the songs. Where we're like, we don't want to get caught in a in a hole in a rut of just completely over and over and over again being like, this one's about God. Because what would a podcast be if literally every week we just said, yes, this song is about Jesus, and that's it. And you would be snoring like April is right now. Like a dog under the table. <laughs> it would be a very short podcast. So we do try to look at it from every every perspective that we can. And you know, Relan K themselves have pretty much stated. I think it was around the mm-hmm time where they were done with being a Christian band. Right. Not in you know, and don't take offense to that or whatever. It's just that they're still Christians. It just they're done with with, you know, having to be stuck commodifying Christ. Yes. In that youth group, you know, family Christian bookstores, you know, scene. They were just done with that. And And they're like, listen, you know, if we happen to sing about God, we happen to sing about God. If we happen to not sing about God, we happen to not sing about God. We've said it before. Country artists sing about God all the time. But no one's like, that's a Christian artist right there. Right. No, it's just 
they're just a country artist. They have lots of songs about lots of different things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't have to, they don't get stuck in that very specific genre. And, like, (laughs) this is a whole other conversation that I didn't expect to exactly get to. But when you're a Christian, it it seems like, and I I don't know this firsthand because I've never been in a Christian band, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and watch YouTube videos and documentaries and have conversations with people online about the history of all of this Christian rock. And, like, when you're a band who is on fire for the Lord and you want to get out there and spread your message through your music, that's one thing, right? And that might be very pure and guided. And, like, you might literally be, you might actually be called by the Lord to do that. And that's great. But the system that it exists (laughs) to help that happen is a soulless money-grubbing machine. It is corporations, record labels that are all owned by the big record labels. Like when you're when people are upset that a, a Christian band moves from tooth and nail to uh, like another record label, A and M. I'm talking about MXPX now. You move from tooth and nail to A and M. It's like, well, tooth and nail is was owned by corporations at points. Like they were independent, then they were corporate, then they went back to being independent. And Goatee Records is all part of one umbrella under other corporations and they can run independently. It's like all this big Yeah, they're part of Capital. Like Ryan K didn't even know they were going to be published on Capital until (laughs) it happens. And I love I can't I wish I should should have wrote down sorry, that's my phone. I should have wrote down what episode this was because it was the most amazing thing when Reese Roper talked on his podcast, Pickle and Boot Shop about like the history of the gospel music association and how it was basically like, you know, gospel, the gospel music association, it was started to like spread gospel music and like publish gospel music. And at one point they were like, Oh, there's Christian rock and Oh, there might be money to be made here. And that's the thing that exists. Like the, 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 the corporations, the companies, the machine that pushes these festivals and these concerts (laughs) And these records and these into these bookstores and stuff. That was capital C capitalist, not capital C Christian. So for a band like Reliant K to realize, like, this isn't really doing what we thought it would do when we started as a missionary band in our first three records or so. Let's just be a band now. And if people come to the Lord by learning about us, that's great. But when we push it, it's a whole other thing that is not... The system isn't set up to actually save people as much as people within that system might actually want to save people. I didn't expect to get back on this conversation <laughs> from Sweeter, yeah. the song. So since we've already been talking about it a little bit, let's let's finally dive properly into uh, Sweeter. This is my favorite song on Collapsible Lung. <laughs> I know. I knew that. And it's so weird. And this is the song that I have literally... Ne- I don't think I've ever listened to this song until this week i don't think i've ever listened to collapsible lung <laughs> i don't think i've ever listened to i have long until today i love the slow country folksy vibes on this one that like little loose snare on the drums it's good stuff and and the lyrics complement that like country style and as far as the lyrics are concerned, I would liken this to thematically like a, an eagle's lion eyes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I I, uh, I enjoy it. So there's a guest singer on this one, co-writer Bones Owens, or Caleb Owens, is the other voice that you hear on this track. Right. And he's come up for the second time in three weeks. 
because he was apparently a big part of uh, Man of Stone. Like, remember that he came up during our Man of Stone discussion from Wind Up Bird. And, but this time he's actually singing on the track. And one thing we've never bothered really learning on this in two, two and a half years of this podcast is who was Reliant K in, from, from 2013 to 2016? Like, who was in Reliant K? It's only come up once in a while, right? Like, we know from Air for Free, they decided, like, we're a duo now, and Reliant K is Matt and Matt and whoever will go on tour with us. Were, were there even set members on some of those tours? Some of the even tours up, up had, until 2022? Some, well, some of the tours had set members, yeah. Okay. But we never bothered we've never bothered learning who those set members were. And then Dave Douglas is also a drummer, the the drummer on Air for Free, but he's not like you know, there on the cover of of uh Air for Free. Right. But Caleb Owens seems to basically have been a touring member of Reliant K, probably on and off here and there, but definitely in 2013, Bones Owen was, I kept saying, I had to edit it out because I kept saying it, but during Man of Stone, (laughs) that episode, I kept saying Caleb Bones or something. I kept like mixing up. It's, It's his real name is Caleb Owens and his stage name is Bones Owens, but I kept saying Caleb Bones. And I said it so many times that I finally just edited one out. I'm like, I can't keep saying this. I can't keep listening to myself say this. So it's funny. I actually have a note in my phone that I made, I guess, whenever I was, I can't remember now. I didn't take note of the of the date, but I had one note in my phone prior to making my notes this week. And it was at 318 in the song, you can hear that either Tyson or Caleb does like a into the microphone okay nice yeah so i guess at some point when i was going through trying to listen through all of collapsible lung and take notes here and there that was my my note so probably from like a year or two ago interesting well i've got the uh i've got the album here the vinyl the vinyl we own a vinyl of collapsible lung and there's no booklet right yeah there's no booklet it's all on the back there's no lyrics okay hold on (laughs) i got so many drinks on the table you know, it's collapsible lung, but I still want to keep our, the record protected. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's see, just to make sure we don't miss any important information about track 10. This is track 10 of 11. So additional vocals and electric guitar on tracks 9 and 10. So When You Were My Baby and Sweeter both feature feature Caleb Owens on electric guitar and vocals and i guess we already did when you were my baby right so of course we did we did the whole album so we didn't realize that when we talked about it what does it say after can't complain just out of curiosity i'm sure we did this at the time no we did this at the time because we uh it says it says something about how can't complain is all these members who are not really gay okay what was that if you want to go since this is technically our one of our last Collapse Belong episodes. Where was that? Well, if you look at kind of, if, if you if you piece together sort of the instruments that are in here, you do have drums, but is this mainly just piano and guitar as well? Oh, good like, question. Is this just like maybe like Tyson and Owens doing a thing? Maybe. I mean, I guess we'll know a little bit more about what this looks like, at least in a full band setup, or I think you have a solo acoustic sort of thing, right? So we have a mm-hmm. yeah, I have some interesting or something. Live, yeah, I have some interesting live versions. So I guess we might get a better idea of what this looks like when performed. 
And this is one of these songs on the album produced by Paul Moak. Okay. Not one of the Aaron Sprinkles. Not one of the Sprinkly tracks. So this is a Paul Moak track. All we know from the back here is that this is a Paul Moak track. With I wonder what that Caleb on that difference is. Like you know, when, that'll be what we maybe that's what we should do for our for our final collapse. Like, is that records or you know, <laughs> like know. we didn't have we didn't come back in with the same guy? Yeah, because what we figured out when we did can't complain is we do this whole we did our whole who, episode who did of can't, can't complain? complain. What? Who who did can't complain? Who produced can't complain? Oh, good question. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. It's track five. So it was Aaron Sprinkle. Okay. Aaron Sprinkle is track five. So what what we figured out, what we did can't complain, we did the whole episode. And then we were like, wait, we didn't look at the credits. And we looked at the credits, and it's like, can't complain, recorded by uh, Sadler, Adam, and John. A different John. So, yeah. All the Johns. All the Johns. So many Johns in this album. And then we had to come back the next week and be like, oh, we figured this out. And then... When I started listening in the last year or so, in the last couple months, to Metal Up Your, Pod. Metal Up Your Podcast, Ethan talked about that without mentioning the names Reliant K or the album Collapsible Lung. They were talking about a Megadeth album, <laughs> of all things, and they were talking about people coming in, or maybe they were talking about Metallica, but I think they were talking about Megadeth, and basically like people coming in and replacing tracks on an album and he's like yeah that happened to me in in a band i was in and it's like we had this song and blah 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 and i came in and then and that it was printed and we figured out it was like this song's on the album and he looked on the back and i'm like he's got to be talking about can't complain but anyway <laughs> we're talking about sweeter so yep. this song has a melody has a chord progression that feels very 90s to me very much of that sort of adult contemporary sort of soft rock side of the 90s like a jewel or like softer songs by bands like collective soul and and bush and like grunge bands that had softer songs and alanis morissette there is a very 90s folk rock country-ish vibe to this song but more specifically the chord progression in this song hits a nerve and makes me almost think of some specific 90s soft rock adult contemporary song and i can't quite place it i'm like is it a goo goo doll song why is it so close it's like something in the chord progression here just so close to another song and i can't quite place it and yeah, it's interesting that it's kind of like a little bit of a country song and it's a little bit of like a torch song. I never realized it's kind of a breakup song and it's a metaphor for how the girl herself is sweet. But then if you keep her in her your mouth over <laughs> until the night falls, it's a very odd metaphor of this song overall. The girl is sweet. But if you keep her in your mouth until the night falls, she becomes bitter. So it's like... It's just like... It's like she's sweeter than sugar till the sun goes down. And it's like she's just nice till the sun goes down. And then she's like a totally different person. Right. But it's like... It's like when... When she sours, just spit her out. Right. So it's it's a funny, odd metaphor. Apparently, this is like a girl who's like really chill to hang out with during the day. 
But when she... Is this the metaphor? This is what it feels like to me. When she's ready to go out and party, or when it's nighttime, she just she's just, like, more difficult to deal with. Is she sundowning? Does she have some sort of, like... <laughs> I think it's more of, like, a behind-closed-doors kind of thing. Right. I guess so. Like, you know, you put on your, your face when you're outside, and you know, interacting with other people, and then you get home, and you're kind of, like, a different person. Sort of. Okay, there's multiple like the ways idea, to take yeah. it. The first way I took it... I know you don't take it that way, because you and I are exactly the same, no matter where we are <laughs> or what time of day it is. <laughs> right. But because of... um. I guess because of Boomerang and how that talks about hanging out at a bar and the hoodies in his car and all that stuff. When I put this song together in my mind with Boomerang, I think of like her hanging out at a bar at night. Like at nighttime, this might not be the, the intent of the songwriters, but this is just how I first interpreted it, actually listening to it for the first time this week. That, like, she's really nice to hang out with during the day and she's chill. But then at night, she wants to drink and get rowdy and get wild. And then she's bitter. And maybe she gets a little too into it and is, like, difficult to deal with when she's been partying or have trying to have a good time. Why are you stopping me from having a good time? Well, if you go down to verse two, I think this might be a bit more about infidelity, which is why I brought up the eagle's lying right. eyes. Because it says... Wonder if she knows that I know where she goes when she says she's with her friends. Yeah, everything grows old, can't try to stop it, and all comes to a better end, but I don't pay no mind. Right. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that makes sense as well. But then that also still kind of goes to my... I don't have any proof that it's about her being a party girl, but it also, it, that falls in line with my theory, with my whole cloth theory that she's a party girl at night like she's going out at night with the gals with the gals and she's hooking up with other guys or whatever or maybe she's just having an affair with someone else at night i mean i kind of viewed this as sort of like a boomerang them being on and again off again that they're both kind of cheating because Mm. in the first verse she looks good in your clothes climbing up the staircase back to bed you go again even when her eyes are closed can't keep from staring oh the trouble you got in Okay. Like, I, it, so verse one and verse two lead me to think, oh, maybe this is about, like, they're both kind of sneaking around. Like, it's almost like they're waiting for each other to close their eyes so they can sneak out that night or something. Maybe that's not the actual idea that was intended, but that does, you know, she looks good in your clothes. She's going up to bed. It implies that he's still downstairs while she's walking up to bed and she puts on his clothes and that's like a sweet thing. Like, they like being together but someone's got their eyes closed and they're looking at other people staring at other people or whatever something like that sure you know like i wait till you fall asleep and then i go out at night (laughs) that never happens (laughs) and you can't do that because if jessica gets up to go sit i have to go to the bathroom danny's like oh where'd you go where are you going and i'm like oh my gosh i am going to get more water or i'm going to the bathroom usually both (laughs) Or God forbid, like, she couldn't sleep, so she gets mm-hmm. up and just goes to watch TV, like, So I can listen to, like, TV at, like, a normal volume, which I usually keep on my phone instead of turning on the bright TV. I, like, sit on the couch with my phone, but just, like, turned up all the way. And he's like, where are you? Where did you go? What's wrong? And I'm like, it's fine. I just wanted okay? to watch YouTube. 
<laughs> my panicked, sleepy brain when this happens usually is like something's wrong. Something's wrong with Jessica. She needs me to call 911. <laughs> it's not like she's leaving me or where are you going? It's just like, oh my God, are you okay? Why are you, go- why are you getting out of bed at three in the morning? <laughs> I know that's not logical, but it's like I'm half asleep and I'm confused and I'm scared that you're suddenly not there. So I know you could never sneak out at night and have an affair. Yeah. <laughs> like, where are you going? Where are you going? And you'd be like, I'm doing? going to hang out with my <laughs> affair. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> Can you get butter on the way home? And I'm not worried about you because it's very rare that I'm asleep before you. Usually I just lay there awake and like reading on my phone until like 3 (laughs) a.m. So I said this is a sipping song because not only we're like sitting and having a nice drink as we go, but the can't drink enough to wash her down. And the way they sing it is in a very like that very country sort of, you know, sitting around having a whiskey kind of manner. Right. And to contradict Daniel a little bit from his earlier voicemail, you know, I feel like this is a pretty Reliant K-ish song. Maybe aside from the lyrical content, which has been debated ad nauseum on both our podcast and online for nine years. Oh, yeah, we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of of, uh, Collapse of a Lung pretty soon. You think they're going to tour for it? Absolutely not. (laughs) Hoping for new music, so hopefully there will be a tour, and they'll a be like, oh, lung too. A, here's, here's two one or two lung. collapsible lungs. Two collapsible lungs. <laughs> so um, to contradict Daniel a little bit, I feel like, you know, when we started this podcast, and I did not really know this album very well, I was like, well, are the only songs on here that really sound like Reliant K are Don't Blink and the title track, Collapsible Lung? And I stood by that this whole time like i don't think any of the other songs in between track one and 11 sound like reliant k songs as we have ever known them but then i was listening to sweeter and maybe because like we've listened we've gotten deeper in the catalog and we were listening to a little bit of wind up bird this month i was like i could see sweeter being like a cool down track between some other songs on a more traditional Reliant K album. Maybe not exactly with this lyrical content, but I could definitely see like a demo version of Sweeter existing on Nashville Tennis EP. I mean, this is a very thirsty. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is a very thirsty and horny song. That's one thing that I was not aware of. And so maybe a song this thirsty and horny wouldn't Stop be on Nashville. Saying- wouldn't be on Nashville tennis, but a proto version of this, like a demo version with slightly more PG lyrics, could have been on Nashville. As far as I'm concerned, they right are now. thirsty. They're like, we need some more to drink. Yeah, so we need more. That's all I was talking about. Now. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I was talking about. So it's like an interesting song in the Reliant K canon overall because yeah i mean here on collapsible lung it's like the most chill laid back song and one thing what daniel actually said if if he didn't say exactly what i thought he said a minute ago what he definitely said about sweeter is it's like so different from the rest of the album and in a way it is you know this is like you know collapsible lung overall has all of these pashishes of other pop moments in popular culture right like you have the little reggae-ish song about not having to worry and you have like 
the little Brit rock type song and you have the sort of like Prince moments like in PTL and you have all these other things. But then here, instead of this kind of Jackson, I mean, it's PTL (laughs) instead of PYT. But here, this song is very different from the rest of the album, which is funny that for a long time, I've always been focused on how different tracks two through 10 are from tracks one and 11. But really, here we are, track 10 is different from the rest of the album overall, I, I feel. Uh, and yet, in a, in a way, I could see this as being on Forget Not Slow Down or Nashville Tennessee EP. Uh, yeah. But not exactly in the form that we have it. It would have to be a slightly varied version of this song that I could see in a previous Reliant K album. Like, I just love this song because I could imagine, like listening to this with like fire crackling in the background you know like sitting around a bonfire or something like that you know yep so we're gonna go ahead and take our break and when we come back we'll have deep dive and covers etc we just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to sadie hawkins pod whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Isaac, James, Kendall, Josh A., Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash. Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. So when I Googled Reliant K Sweeter, Google was like, are you sure you don't mean Reliant K Sweater? And kept giving me like hoodie results for Reliant K. That's funny. Like, like no. bootleg sweaters, yes. like all those bootlegs and print on demand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, here, we've got this one, which is Reliant K, uh, but it's, you know, it spells out Reliant K and it's just the the first letter that spells out the thing. So it's like run an elephant parade. Less is more. I just want you to know everything will be no reaction. This is the end in K car. Quite a quite a choice there. Hmm. And then this one. Is like in the friends font says reliant and then a K that you can't see because it's it's, it's like a black, black on black. It's, yeah, I've seen that design. That's a very common design for bootleg merch. I don't know if it was a design that was common for reliant K themselves, but it's the K in a big black K, and then in the 
left side of the K says the word reliant. And then my absolute favorite, this Alfred Eden cute duck knit sweater. <sighs> I don't know what du- it has to do with it's Reliant K, but it's cute. Printed all over a sweater. Yep. Uh, and then another uh, Reliant, Reliant K red bubble uh, bootleg merch sweater. So yeah, that was that was the big thing that kept coming up. Uh, then I have so I have an alt press little like it's not an article, it's not a whatever. It just is. It, it literally just says Reliant K frontman Matt Teeson performs new song sweeter. Reliant K frontman Matt Teeson treated fans at a recent Dear Jack benefit concert to a performance of a brand new song titled Sweeter. A fan shot video can be viewed by clicking read more. So that's a thing. And then I can't actually get to the video because it's no longer there. But that was posted to Alt Press. Can I see? Does Alt Press usually have all these little exclamation points in in the in the yield sign going? Oops, sorry, I didn't need to hit the uh, <laughs> no. thing. So, so, so this is like going on there, but <laughs> this this Alt Press article is just covered in yield signs. So I guess like maybe the background images or like different macros around the page are just broken and i can't tell you what the date is i can only tell you that it was posted by an admin at eleven fifty one a.m uh just so you know that article you read a second ago yes where Tyson played this song at a dear jack benefit and like this sounds familiar yeah, i was gonna say i i figured you had the video i have us. the video dear jack was a documentary about Andrew McMahon when he got really sick and was hospitalized. We learned about oh, this okay. in our Andrew McMahon Patreon episode over at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. We, had we Polly... just literally just did that. We just came back from break. I know. <laughs> just a reminder. But we had Polly Sci Alex from the Zeitgeist Lab pod on because he's a huge Jack's mannequin and Andrew McMahon fan. And we had him on just to talk about a couple of songs from a later Jack's Mannequin album that Matt Thiessen co-wrote. And there are YouTube videos of Andrew McMahon talking about and uh, having Matt Thiessen write on those songs. Well, well, we'll listen to this performance later. But Dear Jack was a 2009 documentary about Andrew gotcha. McMahon's medical struggles that almost mm. kept him out of music forever. And then I guess, apparently, I'm taking from context that when the film was released... Uh, Jack's mannequin played again, and Tyson opened solo, and he performed "Sweeter" there solo on piano because I have that video. All it said on the YouTube video was Tyson solo opening for Jack's mannequin. Gotcha. But apparently, it was a benefit concert for that documentary talking about uh, Andrew McMahon's medical trouble. Gotcha. And then we have a blog review, and I don't think we've seen this one before. This is from AudioMob.wordpress. Okay. Posted nine years ago. Uh, So from 2013. Collapsible Lung, uh, Reliant K, producer Modern vs. Stereo 2013, reviewed by Douglas Smith, three out of five stars. Reliant K's new album, Collapsible Lung, has received mixed reactions from fans, who for the most part are unhappy with the uncharacteristic, generic pop sound that has come from the band's seventh album. As a lifelong fan of Reliant K, I must admit that I am surprised... How old is this person writing this back in 2013? As a lifelong Reliant K fan, I must admit that I was surprised by what I heard for the first time that I listened to the new album... 
Along with millions of Reliant K fans over the years, I have become accustomed to their singer-songwriter Matt Teeson's innocent yet intellectual lyrics. Sadly, Collapsible Lung falls short on the high standard of his previous work. Most of the songs are shallow and, as put by Randall Colburn of Consequence of Sound, the album is weighted down by a parade of faceless women, many of whom are reduced to mere sexual objects. We may have read this one before, or I read that article, or other articles or other that articles have talked referred about well. the same thing. Yeah, And again, well, also, this is just getting to my other, <laughs> my whole other thing about how just because music isn't, just because music is talking about relationships doesn't mean it's shallow. They're talking about relationships. Like, I don't know what the definition of shallow is in music, but I don't think most people use it correctly just because something might seem And who said this you. is a parade of faceless women? It right. might just be one faceless woman. <laughs> right. There is even a song about a one night stand. If I could take you home. So maybe we have done this one before. Uh, something that is not expected of a band that has such a positive impact on the Christian rock scene. Again, who cares? Right. Uh, How is that an unpositive thing? I, I know I, I'm not completely aloof. I get why you think it's not positive, but I'm right. putting the record back in the I, I feel like but we I, have been here before, so I'm just right. going to jump down to where they talk about Sweeter. It's a relatively short article, but I'm just going to talk about Sweeter. Okay. Because they do single it out, which is why it popped up this week. Gotcha. Sweeter is one of the few songs on the album which has been slowed down and has a country feel about it. It captures the old Reliant K style in terms of quality, but the message behind the lyrics is again questionable. Can't drink enough to wash her down seems too worldly. <laughs> a lyric to come from them. Again, who cares if it's worldly? I'm going to drink a little bit more oh, to wash boy. this review down. <laughs> like, I get the mindset. I completely understand it. And that's why, like... I mean, if, we've talked if, about, like, being a mom and being, like, I guess if you're, like, you find this album in a Christian bookstore and, like, that's a thing it's a that's little important to you. It's a little I get uncomfortable. It. Sure. I get it. I'm not completely, you know what? But it's not on Reliant K. It's about whoever didn't listen to the album before stocking <laughs> the shelves. Right. That's not on the artist. The artist can do whatever they want. I've been thinking about this a little bit more. And it's, like, I'm kind of glad... That we're lukewarm Christians. Because <laughs> I think, personally, like, this might be the best... Review us on Apple iTunes, guys. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, one thing, one thing, well, going back to that iTunes review yet again. <laughs> it's not that they live rent It's not that they, like, live rent-free in my mind, which... It, it's not that I was upset. It's just, like, I get it. I understand... Because I had a year or two where I was on fire for the Lord in that way. But it was like, it was like I was a visitor into that world through those churches that I went to, like of my own volition late in, you know, later in my teens, you know? So I understand the mindset. But in that review, he did say um, that we try to remove God from the lyrics whenever we can, as if that's uncool. And one thing I realized is that I never think it's uncool to sing about what matters to you, no matter what that is, including God. If someone sings about something that they believe in Christ, in God, whatever your religion is, there's nothing like uncool about that overall. I just do think that Reliant K is deliberately a band that tries to straddle a line to be understood and heard by everybody. So I think that there are people who try to like put too much uh, 
too much judgment on Reliant K if they want to just sing a regular song about regular relationships. Like, I don't think that this is vapid. I don't think that this is, um, you know, meaningless to sing about a relationship. And, like, the, the, the hardest line end of it is, like, Forget Not Slow Down, which is a masterwork of heartfelt, true emotion. And then for people that when we did our one-star review Patreon episode from listening, reading through one-star reviews of Forget Not Slow Down, where people were like, why is every song got to be about a girl? <laughs> like, our human relationships, if you believe in Christ and you believe in creation and you believe in a divine God who put us here with purpose... Our relationships and our romances are one of the things he designed. They're one of the things to take joy from. So we can sing about all the things that God has put on this earth for us to take a part in, if that's what you believe. And so singing about the struggles and difficulties of a relationship, a romantic relationship, is not vapid. It's part of God's creation, if that's what you believe. And if you see a song like this and you say this is vapid or meaningless because it's only about a relationship with a person. Like to me, that's just like spitting in the face of what you say God's creation is. Cause this is part of God's creation and the sin and the difficulty and the challenge and the tribulation. That's all part of the world as we know it. And if you believe in creation, if you believe in intelligent creation, that's part of what we were put on the earth for. So how can you just decide that if someone isn't saying the word Jesus in a song, that it's a meaningless song? It's all part of God's creation. I don't understand like throwing out even a song, even an album like Collapsible Along, which Jessica doesn't even like. <laughs> I don't understand judging it from the point of view of like, this means nothing. Of which course is never what I've judged it on. Right. As like a you know a person who definitely listens to all kinds of secular music, I'm like I you know that's definitely the the Christian aspect is never anything that I really look at with this one. It's something that I might call up as like a oh yeah, and I would imagine if you were really strict about that sort of thing, this would be like a shock to you. Right. But I you know I've never viewed it as as like that. It's definitely a coming from it coming at it just from just a listener of music point of view. Right. Uh, so up next, we have RateYourMusic.com, and we have three ratings here, and I'm going to start with the best rating first. Five out of five. Uh, bro Chant on September 21st, 2013, bro, gave this bro, album bro, bro. two and a half out of five stars. I'm not so sure the horse is with Reliant K anymore. That being said, if you get four or five songs into Collapsible Lung and decide you're not feeling it, keep going. Because the second half of the album, while still not superb, is better than the first. Uh, then we have... But the first half has Boomerang. Costco Dash from June 4th, 2013. Gave this half a star. Ooh. Uh, remember how Forget Not Slow Down was about rising up from a devastating divorce? Well breakup and finding self-worth this is the album where everything's all right again don't blink and lost boy have already been released as lyric videos i suggest watching slash listening to them and realizing what i mean when i say that and this is in all caps this <laughs> album is going to be that album's fucking antithesis <laughs> <laughs> well you know not not too wrong uh then last up Gel Geldo F Punk on 
Geldo F. Punk on June 28th, 2015, gave this one and a half stars and said, Ugh, what the heck happened? I'm literally in shock over the poor quality of this album. It is complete top 40 radio fodder and has absolutely zero merit. This is easily the worst thing they've ever done and coming off the heels of one of the best things they've ever done. I cannot help but be really put off by this. Songs like Boomerang, Lost Boy, and PTL sound like something Maroon 5 might do and are literally among the worst songs the band have ever written. Also, check out Can't Complain and Try Not to Think of Jason Mraz. Shudder. I have no clue as to why they went in this direction, but it is bad in all caps. Someone needs to give these guys a map and get them back on the right path or they could end up walking right into their doom. And I think that's really just, you know, what we keep circling around and and trying to put out there, but I don't know if we are, which is just that it's the only thing that makes Collapsible Lung as bad as it is, is that it is the follow up to Forget and Not Slow Down. Mm hmm. Coming off of what is arguably the band's best work, most meritable work as as an art piece, mm-hmm. to this was just such a crash. If this had come out after Five Score, I don't think it would have gotten all the hate. I don't think that it would have been as bad because you already have sort of a pop sensibility going right. with Five Score. So, you know, you already have songs like, you know, Must Have Done Something Right and things like that, which were, you know, sort of a more pop sound of that time. Where then if you went to this, would you just be like, oh, this is like they were slowly moving in this direction or whatever. But because you have this masterpiece that is for Get Not Slow Down and this is the follow up, that's what it's always going to be held to. It's hard to imagine a world where Collapsible Long follows five score. I'm just saying. I get what you're saying. I yeah, do get what you're I, I'm saying. I'm just saying. Because there's like two songs on for, on five score that are like radio pop friendly. Right. But then all of a sudden you get an album where nine out of ten, 11 but songs. nothing on Forget Not Slow Down is radio pop friendly. There's not even a video for that album. Exactly. So I'm saying that's your, your thing is that if you go from an album with a video with that presented itself very with a lot of integrity like forget not slow down even from its marketing and release uh strategy presented itself with like all this integrity the having no video and right and the artwork and and then you go to this which i'm sorry is schlock (laughs) and that's what i'm sorry but like arguably is you know, musically, yeah. I musically coming at you with a sound that is not what you're used to from Reliant K. And when they've changed sounds up before, they still, they did it well. And it made sense. And they do this well. This was well, the biggest but it's just right the, angle yeah. change from anything they, yeah. When, and it when is everyone at the compl- detriment that it's after forgetting not slow down. When, when fans and reviewers have complained about the changes between album to album, it's like, it's like, you know, they were incremental changes, but this was just the biggest 90 degree turn from everything they'd been doing. So it's true. You even put this out after an air for free and you just go, oh, OK, I guess this is what they're doing. Yeah. I, but I also I've said before that I think air for free might have people might have hated that album more if it came out after Forget Not Slow Down. Like, I think without Collapsible Lung in between, I think Collapsible Lung is such a left turn that, you know. It was like it that air for free felt like a course correction in some ways. That air for free has some of 
the concepts of what Reliant K might have been going for with Collapse of the Long, but bringing it back onto track of being more traditionally Reliant K with having these different pop sensibilities, but with their, you know, there's nothing on there's nothing on air for free that specifically sounds like all these different artists. Like everyone talks about with Collapse of the Long, where this sounds like Jason Mraz, and this sounds like Maroon 5, and that sounds like uh, My Chemical Romance, which I didn't agree with. <laughs> they said Gloria was My Chemical, was My Chem. I don't, I mean, and I don't know if as an artist, if you can even do anything at this sharp of a turn and not be criticized. Because I'm like, I, I think, think about it happens how, all like, the time. Yeah. Lots of artists yeah, but they'll be sharp turns. But they'll still be criticized or it takes off and it goes in, it plays into their style. I think it just depends on what their fandom is and what they've played previously. Like John Mayer always does different styles, but everything he does still makes sense. Right. And you could say, well, it's like, you know, John Mayer trio stuff. He's doing like sort of a heavier, like brings in almost elements of acid jazz stuff. And if you look (laughs) at like what his original was, you're like, oh, that's a huge turn. But it still made sense. And he still did it in a way that felt right. Right. You know, and I I think it's just this just didn't feel right. Sorry, I'm playing with a with a screw. (laughs) I'm playing with a screw on the table. I always need to fidget with something. Um, we got new pop screens. <laughs> we did. There oh, they are. Danny. So, um, and this is a leftover uh, screw and bolt that we didn't need to put them on. How's our peas sounding? Pop, pop, popcorn. Popcorn from the parade. I think I had a harsh S or P earlier, <laughs> but right. I think I was just a little too close. Well, I mean, and, you know... <laughs> Since this is our last collapsible long song, I'll say it again. I do think that forget and not, this is just my theory that forget and not slow down was such a harrowing experience from the writing to the recording and everything that from very early on, as early as like 2011, 2010, there were interviews with Tyson saying, "I'm going to bring in a bunch of my friends to help co-write songs." And I think he was he might have been burnt out on writing these kind of like very personal songs in these very like, deep, you know, quote unquote, deep, meaningful musical styles. And he wanted to he wanted to do something that was just pure fun and pop and radio driven. And yeah, probably a little bit tinged with some of the pop songs that he was helping to write for other artists. And he just wanted to do this because he deliberately was burnt out in a in a way sometimes when you talk about burnout it's like a you know like a director or an author or a music artist like literally just doesn't want to get back out there doesn't know what they want to say anymore i think it's a different kind of burnt out he was just kind of burnt possibly kind of burnt out from that style of that kind of Reliant K and wanted to do something completely different in order to feel like he still wanted to do it Otherwise, there might be an alternate universe out there somewhere where after Forget and Not Slow Down, maybe that was it for Reliant K. Like, the like Reliant K was done after Forget and Not Slow Down. I do wonder when, in a world where Matt Tyson and the Earthquakes has existed in at least right. his headcanon f- forever, why you say, well, you know what, I just went too hard on this last one with Reliant K... Uh-huh. Maybe I want to write some stuff with some friends. Maybe I want to do whatever. Why is that not a side project? Why is Collapsible Lung, not Tyson and Friends, not whatever, not a side project? I don't know. 
Why Good is question. it Reliant K? And I think is it a, is it a is it a contract issue? Is it something maybe, like that? Is that where that comes in? The because there's there's got to be. That's my question. Is just you know okay cool you're burnt out you delivered this epic masterpiece take a break dude go <laughs> well, that's for it and, that's know. cool but like you know you want to do something else okay i i totally get that i understand i think it's just coming from this under the mantle of reliant k and what you've just put out that makes it sort of difficult to process and and listen to and you know it's kind of we talked about this a little bit with the Matt Tyson and the earthquakes thing. And we've also talked about it with all of this, like, um, yeah, happenings of the trajectory that Reliant K was on for years and years and years, an album every year, an album every year. That's f-ed up. <laughs> <laughs> like an album every year from the, from 2000. Yeah, but look at Alice Cooper. Right. Dude's got a massive discography. <laughs> right. But from 2000 until like 2009, there's a release every year. An album on average every two years. Like an album almost every year, sometimes two years apart. But then like an EP or a B-side collection or something every single year for nine years. Right. And what's ironic is that Forget Not Slow Down is the moment where they kind of started to slow down. Cause then after forget, so from 2000 to 2009, you have, what is that? Seven albums and like four EPs and a B-side collection, which has an entirely new album on it. So much in that nine years. And then the nine years from forget after forget not slow down, you have two albums. You have two albums. Oh, and a Christmas album. I forgot the Christmas album is in there in the first nine years. So what's ironic is that Forget Not Slow Down, that's when they slow down. So then it's three years until Collapse of Along and another three years to air for free. And now we haven't had an album in eight years. And it's just like, and this this is something that has happened to a lot of other bands of Reliant K's exact generation, where they were on this course of having to release an album every year, having to constantly tour, doing 300 shows in a 365-day year, possibly 400 shows, just constantly, constantly touring. And Thiessen has had this idea for Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes in his back pocket forever, but by the time of, um, of mm-hmm, the band just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. <laughs> and there's no time for his solo project, and they just keep going and going. In 2009, it's like their artistic achievement, and they don't even have a video, and, but it's like, it's like whatever. And now, three years, four years later, 2009, so four years later, they released, although the album was done a year before it was released. So three to four years later, he's like, "This." I'm, I was like, I, I, I'm just doing something else. I'm just doing something else. I've been doing this for too long. I did 20 years of albums in nine years. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that Beatles trajectory. But at least the Beatles weren't touring constantly right. all year, every year. Like, yeah, there's no comparison to, like... No, they did those They did those early tours, and they said, nah, and you know what, we're done. <laughs> right. Not doing this anymore. Right. Like, the Beatles could, could concentrate and just do an album every year or two albums a year, because that's all that they did. I was just trying to think of any other artists. Like, I know Fiverr and Frenzy was on a similar trajectory where they had an album every year, but also Fiverr and Frenzy gave up by 2003. So it's like this. So for Relying K, there's no... This, it's it's like they kept going. They're the version of Fiverr and Frenzy that just kept going after 2003. So it's like, it's it's not surprising to me 
maybe in the story of Reliant K, if we ever really learn any of like the secrets of why Collapsible Lung was exactly this way, like because they haven't really given a lot of interviews explaining this album. Like they've either never felt the need to explain it, or they just haven't like i don't know they just haven't specifically talked about what this was and all this fan speculation from both sides from and there could be a reason for that right so it's just i i I just tend to lean on this idea that like teeson was probably burnt out and he's like maybe i just want to do this thing and just make it this thing and we'll see how we come out the end of this and for whatever reason Everyone's been very diplomatic about it, but half almost the whole band leaves. <laughs> Ethan and the Johns are like, okay, well, we, we want to keep touring. We can't tour anymore. We've been doing this for a long time. We can't. That's like John Schneck's official line on it. It's like, we couldn't keep touring after so many years. We had families and stuff. But if there's other reasons, I don't know. It's all, this is, I, I mean, in a way, Collapsible Long is Relying K's most interesting album. And with that, and you can never take that away from it. <laughs> uh, Danny, what do you have for us? Let's see. What do I have? As we go into another extra long episode. <laughs> so here, so this album, this song was played a lot in 2013 on the first tour post Collapsible Long being released. And as I said, Bones Owen was a touring member of Reliant K in 2013, it appears, because he's at all of these YouTube videos that I found. So here's one from Boston in 2013. And uh, you'll hear Bones singing right along, just like he does on the album. so far no bones owen but he's here somewhere i swear there he is <laughs> i just skipped ahead 15 seconds and there oh, he there is there you go so uh let's see you'll be able to hear him singing here So this is at the Royal, or the Royale in Boston, which I've never been to. Um, And it's uploaded by SwitchGoo89. Nice. So that's okay. (laughs) That's pretty nice. Nice little laid-back song. But here's the 2012 performance, solo, Tyson and a piano, 
Oh, and there's just some like nice plunky piano. That's my favorite uh, band, Teeson and the Piano. <laughs> Teeson and the Piano. almost nicer on piano mm-hmm. i also didn't think of this i never thought Just of like this. a nice solo piano yeah i never thought of this by this point in relying k's history they're very they're a very piano forward rock band mm-hmm. from especially from five again. especially from five score and forget not slow down they're such a piano forward band but that's not part of the dna of collapsible lung Whatever piano exists on Collapsible Lung that I've never taken note, you can't, you don't think of Collapsible Lung as being piano forward pop punk. Right. So that is also probably a reason why it feels so different from other Reliant K. <laughs> April just <laughs> plopped down like a little pig on the ground. It's so cute. <laughs> um, but so to hear it just as a simple piano solo song reveals a little bit of Reliant K DNA from it for me. And also helps me to think of this, along with Don't Blink and the soul, the title track, as being kind of the most Reliant K songs on the album. Yeah. So, the comments are funny. <laughs> <laughs> this was uploaded by Jessica Witt nine years ago, and this is from that Jack's Mannequin benefit show. That's right. If you listen to this podcast, you love that Jessica Witt. <laughs> Yes, you do. I no, love you it. don't. <laughs> I love Jessica's Wit. So this is from a time nine years ago when uh, YouTube didn't didn't correctly like label, connect replies on comments. So it's a bunch of like comments that oh, are replying to right. people that aren't connected. Right. So the original uploader says, with no connection to who she's replying to, I'm excited too. It was amazing. I went to the second to last performance and they played Constantine, which was just amazing. That's Jack's mannequin. So n- never mind that oh, one. Oh, okay. Never mind that one. But then Kaylee said, I cannot wait for RK's new album. I'm already in love with this song. Thanks for posting the video. How amazing was Jack's mannequin? And then uh, CM Warren, spelled just like that, Warren. So I don't know if this is a relation of John or not, but it says, Looking forward to the new RK album. Thanks for posting. And then Christine Hahn says, what an adorable hat. Because Teeson is wearing kind of like a, 
Kind of like oh, a oh, gotcha. Kind of yeah, like yeah. a kind of like a Bing Crosby hat. <laughs> you mean like a like just like a hat that men of the forties would wear? I think so. Well, also, it this looks is, like a baseball hat to me. It of might some just kind. be a baseball hat. I can't it's kind of hard to tell because it's a low res yeah. video and they're further away. It looks like one of those baseball hats, like a Leave It to Beaver kind of hat, or like a Bart's Lucky right. red hat. So I guess the comments aren't that funny. It's just like funny how everyone's <laughs> like, "I'm looking forward to the new album." It's like, "Are you?" How are you going to react to it? Are you going to go on RateMyMusic.com and shit all over the album? Well, to be fair, only three people did that, so... And then here's one other live performance of the song from 2013 with Bones in the band. This is from NYC, from that same 2013 tour. And not only do we get to hear Reliant K perform Sweeter, but we get to hear the uploader, Amanda... Timote's uh, accompanying harmonics. Nice. <laughs> along with the song, because she's just singing along right into her phone. She looks good in your clothes. It's like a live vocal cover. It is. <laughs> it's a live vocal cover. People need to be respectful. Don't talk during a concert. Don't oh, sing no. during a concert. Oh, no. Don't dance during a concert. Just shut up, sit there, record oh, no. the footage so oh. we can see it later <laughs> on our podcast. I took some videos at Alice kidding. Cooper and I was so concerned. I was like sending those people. I was like, man, I hope they can't hear me like singing along in these videos. <laughs> I'll be so mortified. <laughs> it's like some of the stuff we find every week. <laughs> Let's skip a little further in and see. If Amanda's still singing one minute and 40 seconds in. I wonder if she knows I know where she goes When she says she's with the friends I like how she struggled with that lyric. Like, if she's her friends with, with her friends. She's slowing it down a little bit. She's just trying to keep tempo. Yeah. Well, that's sweet. It's nice that... People enjoy concerts. It's sweeter than sugar. So now we can get into covers, and there are no fan videos, no shipping videos, no AMVs. But what we do have is the Piano Dreamers. After this commercial, I can think of a bunch of uh, ships that would work for this one. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. People get out there and make shipping videos to sweeter. To be fair, Twilight doesn't really fit in with this one, (laughs) so I mean that eliminates at least half of them right there. Okay, that adds over. Now it's time for the Piano Dreamers with their cover of Sweeter by Reliant K. And Piano Dreamers always coming at us with the weirdest selections of what to cover.
right? That's I fine. like that because you know what? I, I will like say. It. I don't like it as much. Oh, well, no. Here's why. So I'm, me, I'm literally <laughs> slapping my knee. That's so funny. No, just a lot of the Piano Dreamers covers, you sit there for like a good minute going, oh, which song is this? Because yeah. it's not necessarily a piano heavy song. Mm-hmm. And so they're just kind of trying to get to the part when like a, like a very recognizable bit kicks in. And this is just mm-hmm. right off the bat, you know what song it is. And that's why I liked it. Mm. All right. I don't know. It seemed to, like, strip the song down a little too much. Like, Did Teeson not have one where he just played it on piano? He did, but I don't know. Like, just hearing it just on a... <laughs> it's just hearing it in a single piano melody it just felt a little too stripped down. Well, I guess that's why I didn't do it this way on the album. It's all right. It's missing the lush complexity of the album Collapsible Lung for me. Sounds like an Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> reprise. <laughs> so here's a sultry female acoustic cover, which I know Jessica always likes those kind of things. It's, nice. Ilia uh, or Leia L. I, I don't know if it's an L or an I. I L I A. Kate has this upload from eight years ago of a sweeter acoustic cover. Believe me, she'll leave a bad taste in your mouth Can't drink enough to wash her down It's really nice. Nice, yeah, I like that. I have to look at something because Jude Miller says, Love that ending. It's like you were caught doing something you shouldn't have been doing. Oh, no. But of course, it's something you should be doing more (laughs) often. Literally, this ends with. Disgusting! Disgusting! It ends with someone opening up the door to her room and being like, What are you doing? Watch this video. Some kid walks into the room and is like, Pizzas! That's so funny. I mean, Which one least- of you took a shite in the silence? <laughs> Disgusting! At least it wasn't that. At least it wasn't that mortified. Dirt off the webcam. Now here's perennial favorite, friend of the pod as well, Adam Goff, back for the second time in three weeks with his sweeter cover from a year ago. Nice. Sugar, take 
sun goes down Don't allow her to sour Just speed her out Believe me Speaking of being lukewarm Christians, spitting them out. <laughs> Outstanding, as always, I just thought Adam. Like, always, always and great covers. And, like I said, he's doing it outside. You get the cricket noises in the background. So good. He just needs a fire. Yeah. That's a good point. There should be some, be some fire crackling. I'll add some fire. Cr- no, I won't. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'll add some fire lovely. crackling to the background. I'm like, no, I won't do that. That's that's changing the context of the cover as it was found. So here is a two more we'll do. Here's Grave Lord Naito. Grave Lord N I T O. But I don't pay no mind. She's sweeter than sugar till the sun goes down. Don't allow her. He's got a great voice. Grave Lord Nido has a great voice because I heard it and I'm like, this sounds familiar to me. Again, hitting that 90s, 2000s itch. And I was like, oh, his voice sounds like Jad Fair from the band Half Japanese. Which is like probably. I said ah, like I knew what you were talking about, but I'm like ah, of course. Here's here's what Jad Fair sounds like. This is like. Also, I apologize. I went and I baked bread yesterday. I just got some up and got some. That's fine. This is oh, like. Oh yeah, totally. This is like this one. Like when nice. I tried getting into indie rock and emo music, like half Japanese was on a lot of people's lists. Like half Japanese isn't really an emo band, but like when emo wasn't fully defined yet, this would end up on some lists in like the in the late '90s. Half Japanese and Jad Fair, and they had a documentary, and I listened to it. So it just reminded me of that, and it was like interesting to hear Grave Lord Naito. I definitely recommend you go check out the rest of their cover. And here's the last cover we'll play. Now, I told Jessica, <laughs> Jessica heard me playing this cover in the room, and I'm like, oh my god, Jessica, do you know what this person's name is? And she's like, what? And I'm like, I'll tell you on the podcast. I couldn't quite hear, I couldn't quite hear it because I was sitting right next to the, the air conditioning unit, so. Right, and this won't be bleeped because we only bleep gratuitous swears. Oh, good. Here is the cover by My Dear Asshole. <laughs> It's not gratuitous if I'm just reading what's in the username. This is My Dear Asshole with their cover from eight years ago of Sweeter by Reliant K. And this is what we'll end on. Here you go. Believe me, she a bad taste in your mouth. Can drink enough Wash her down. So I don't think English is not a first language for this user because it's a very lovely asshole. Aside, aside from their accent while they're singing, also all of the descriptive uh, text in the video 
is in Spanish. So maybe they do or don't know what the A word is in English. I'm sure they do, but maybe it doesn't, it doesn't matter to them. So we'll play some My Dear Asshole as we play. So My Dear Asshole will play us out as we say, Jessica, how do you feel about the song Sweeter by Reliant K? You said this is your favorite song this is my album. favorite song off Collapsible Do you mind. like it more or yep. the same? You like, like it more. even more? Yep. Good for you. And I think I like it more, technically, because I gave this song absolutely zero consideration before this week. And I definitely enjoyed it more. And I see it as containing a little bit more Reliant K DNA than a lot of the rest of the album. And, uh... Yeah, this is the closing of a chapter for our podcast. It is. We'll be back someday. Right. We'll be back someday overall. Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe we won't. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll just float off so into ominous. the breeze. Oh, no. No, but we'll be back. You know, we'll be back next week with something. But at some point in the near future, distant future, we'll do a collapsible long overall episode. I mean, something is my favorite Rolling K song. What? I didn't get it. Can't drink enough to wash her.